Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case is a little different from anything we've covered before. Small talk makes my ears bleed, so let's dive in. Kelly Turner was the seemingly unstoppable strong mother of three girls, two of which seemed to be up against impossible medical odds. In 2011, when Olivia was 13 months old and her older sister was three, her mom started a blog detailing their gut-wrenching journey. I found two blogs dedicated to the girls, both written by Kelly, one called Pray for the Gantt Girls, which began in 2011, and another that started in 2014 called Prayers for Olivia, focusing in on just her youngest daughter. The first post was titled Pray for Livy. It said that her daughter Olivia had a misshapen head and vascular malformations in her brain that could cause seizures. Kelly says that even though the blog didn't begin until little Olivia was 13 months old, the little girl's life-saving treatments began back when she was only nine months old. Minutes after her first post, she followed up about her three-year-old daughter saying that she, who will remain nameless, had a bone infection in her ear osteomyelitis, along with an autoimmune deficiency. Right after that, she posted asking for prayers that her 11-year-old wouldn't be neglected while her younger sisters battled their copious, tragic medical problems. More blog updates on Olivia came, claiming that she had an inoperable brain tumor, had seizures, was undergoing radiation therapy, had celiac, hydrocephalus, and needed a shunt in her brain to drain excess fluid, had thinning of the membrane between the lobes of her brain, motility issues, meaning that her body struggled to digest food, a sensory processing disorder, focal corticodysplasia, which looks to be a common cause of epilepsy in children, a tumor on her parotid gland, which is a salivary gland in your mouth, neurogastrointestinal encephalomyopathy, and she was diagnosed with autism. Kelly was sure to update about Olivia's older sister, too, saying that she had cancerous tumors in her pelvis and was receiving oral chemo. She also had cancerous tumors on her neck that were removed. She was having mysterious leg pain, and Kelly claimed that Olivia's older sister had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a really serious condition where your body makes too many lymphocytes, a specific white blood cell, and requires, you guessed it, more radiation. All of Olivia's ailments seem to be random and worst of the worst case scenarios, and all of Olivia's older sister's ailments seem to center around cancer and chemo radiation therapy. While the kids were battling their seizures, shunts, and cancerous tumors, Kelly wasted no time trying to raise money. There was a donation button right on her blog. In fact, it's the first thing you'll see. If you look to the left, you'll see a donations button. You can click this button and use your credit card or PayPal account to donate to the girl's medical needs. Kelly also set up a GoFundMe, had a bake sale, and she even hosted a Night for the Gantt Girls event at Chick-fil-A. 
Eventually, Olivia became terminally ill, according to Kelly, who wanted to ensure that all of her daughter's dreams came true in the little time that she had left, so they made a bucket list. And Olivia became somewhat of a local celebrity in the Denver area. She was able to ride in a police car. She put out a fire with the fire department. She rode in a helicopter. She was Bat Princess for a day at a huge costume party put on by the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Her family and the community really rallied together to put check marks on that bucket list of hers. In July of 2007, Kelly took Olivia to the hospital where they admitted her for malnourishment. CBS Denver cited that Olivia was found to only be receiving 30% of the nutrition she needed. Not long after being admitted, Kelly told the doctor overseeing her care that her daughter's quality of life was so poor that it was cruel to keep her alive. Kelly insisted that the doctor sign a DNR and remove all medical care, including her feeding tube and IV nourishment, meaning that starting then, Olivia would begin to deteriorate and would ultimately succumb to her illnesses. The doctor fought back, insisting that Olivia didn't need to have her care removed, that she could live a good long life with the proper care, that this didn't need to be terminal. The ethics team at the hospital was even consulted, but in the end, after pushing and pushing and insisting incessantly, Kelly got what she wanted. All forms of nourishment were removed from Olivia's body. Olivia died a few weeks later on August 20th, 2017, her cause of death listed as intestinal failure. Just two days later, Olivia's mother, Kelly, posted this to her Facebook. August 20th, 2017 will be a day of utter joy for me. I've seen all the numerous posts on Facebook of everyone saddened and heartbroken over the loss of sweet Livy, and all day I've wondered why. I couldn't help it. I took a picture at 7.36 p.m., and she took her last breath at 7.40 p.m. There were tears, but only for a moment. The doctor was called and other workers to let them know that she had passed. Within about 30 minutes, staff members were showing up to hug us, love us, cry, but mostly tell us of how she touched them. Look, I'm all about optimism, but what the fuck did I just read? A woman posted on WebSleuth saying that when she was a pediatric home health nurse, there was never any question as to whether or not a child she was treating was terminal, and that it was always the parents hoping to try one more thing, just one last effort, in the hopes that it might save their child's life, that it was usually doctors who had to convince parents that it was time to let their child go. But this is a stark contrast to any and all behavior exhibited by Kelly Turner. She seems to be truly convinced that she had shown her daughter mercy, saving her from a life of feeding tubes and IVs of cancer and surgeries. Not long after Olivia died, Kelly took Olivia's older sister to a new doctor at Children's Hospital Colorado for some alleged bone pain. Kelly presented absolutely no medical records to the new doctor, saying that they were all back in Texas and that the doctor who had treated her before had since retired. Instead of providing documentations of a vast and serious treatment history for her older but now youngest daughter, Kelly verbally relayed them, claiming that her daughter had undergone three years' worth of radiation and chemo in another state, expecting this new doctor to take her word for it. But she didn't. This new doctor called the hospital that Kelly claimed her daughter had been treated at only to learn that she had never been diagnosed with cancer, ever. Not once, not twice, not any times. She had not received any form of chemotherapy, not orally, not radiation, nothing. 
Red flags started popping up like a motherfucker, so she reported her findings to the police, concerned about why a mother would lie about their child having cancer. With all of this new information and all of the pushback from Kelly to remove all care from Olivia even after being presented with new treatment options, authorities decided to exhume Olivia's body in November of 2018, a little over a year after she died, and thus begun a year-long investigation into the life and treatment of Olivia Gant and her sister. A forensic pathologist was ordered to perform an autopsy on Olivia's exhumed body and reported that she showed no signs of intestinal failure or any of the various other conditions that Kelly claimed Olivia had been diagnosed with in her brief seven years. According to USA Today, there was no evidence of any seizure disorder and zero fluid buildup in the cavities deep within her brain like Kelly had claimed. Her new cause of death was listed as undetermined. Let that sink in. I read in one article from Inside Edition in 2016 that out of the entire year, Olivia had spent only six weeks of them outside of a hospital setting. But we know now that her autopsy showed that there was nothing wrong with her. Absolutely nothing. Olivia was fine. Her medical problems were nothing more than a sick and twisted warped fantasy world that Kelly had created for herself to garner attention and money at the expense of Olivia and now Olivia's sister. The Denver Post quotes Dr. K. Sarah Hohen as saying, even if Olivia's intestine had failed to the point that she needed to be fed intravenously, she still could have lived for decades with proper management. It's only appropriate to withdraw nutrition from children in limited circumstances, such as if a child is in a persistent vegetative state after a near drowning or if feeding is causing terrible pain, which shouldn't be the case for someone who's getting an IV drip. Doctors start reporting that they told Kelly Olivia didn't need the feeding tube or the ostomy bag that she had and could be weaned off of it, but instead Kelly snapped back with, it's already done. What? You've already put her through the unnecessary misery of removing part of her small intestine and getting her nutrition through an IV and feeding tube while having her excrements flow into a bag connected to her torso, so you might as well just keep it up? Doctors told Kelly on three separate occasions that Olivia was not having seizures and to stop the seizure medications because they were unnecessary and came with very serious side effects. Do you think she listened? No. While I was researching this case, I kept getting more and more upset at the doctors. How did a mom convince doctors what diagnosis her child had? But CVS Denver spoke to a doctor who specializes in investigating suspected Munchausen by proxy cases, and he cautioned against blaming the doctors, saying that it's a diagnosis of deception and will probably present different in the next case they come across. And it makes sense. When you take your kids to the doctor, you tell the doctor what's wrong. The doctor asks you questions. So I suppose it probably wasn't too hard to push and doctor shop until she found physicians willing to take her seriously. I couldn't understand how someone was still prescribing the medications that another doctor told her to stop giving to her daughter. And then I read her blog, which makes it seem painfully clear that she was taking her children to an obscene number of physicians. When police interviewed Kelly, she naturally denied any wrongdoing and even brought it up on her own that she didn't have Munchausen by proxy, which is where caregivers seek attention for the illness of the person in their care, often causing the illness or perpetuating it to continue the flow of attention and or monetary gain. That has never been my case, like at all whatsoever. You can talk to anyone that stood by my side through all of this.
The Washington Post says that police went to Olivia's older sister's school to interview her. You know, the one that Kelly took to the hospital for bone pain. According to WTVR, she told police that she had cancer, but she didn't know what kind. When police asked Olivia's sister how she knew she had cancer, she didn't say it was because she had gone to oncologist after oncologist and gotten chemo that made her hair fall out and miserably nauseous. No. She said she knew she had cancer because her mother told her so. Furthermore, when police asked her if she was in any pain or having any medical issues, she said no. They removed Olivia's older sister from Kelly's care on October 11, 2018, and you'll be shocked to know that she has had zero medical concerns since. Eventually, Kelly Turner broke down and confessed. Okay, you didn't think it was going to end that easily, did you? Kelly confessed to authorities that she lied about her daughter's cancer diagnosis, but everything else was real. Sure, that sounds normal, lie about a cancer diagnosis. But which cancer diagnosis was the lie? The hip cancer, the brain cancer, the gland cancer? But then we get into the lies about the chemo radiation and the oral chemo. That's some imaginative shit right there. When people say, that bitch is spiraling, this is what they're talking about. This bitch is spiraling. Kelly Renee Turner was arrested in a hotel on October 18th, 2019, after a years-long investigation into Olivia and her illnesses and care. Kelly was charged with 11 felonies. The indictment was first obtained through KUSA and includes first-degree murder, murder by a person of trust, first-degree murder, murder through deliberation, child abuse, putting her 11-year-old daughter in a situation that could cause injury, theft, defrauding Medicaid slash Health First Colorado of over $530,000, theft, using deception to obtain money and services, over $22,000 from GoFundMe, over $11,000 from Make-A-Wish, and $3,000 from Professional Miracles Foundation. Theft. She stiffed the funeral home of $425 and the cemetery of $4,973. Charitable fraud. Concocting a story to receive money, property, or services. Charitable fraud. Concocting a story to receive money, property, or services. Again. Charitable fraud. Concocting a story to receive money, property, or services. Again, again. Attempting to influence a public servant. This has to do with applications for benefits where she said Olivia's father, Jeff Gant, was unemployed and absent, but he wasn't, and he could have provided health insurance. Jeff also said that he had been providing $1,800 every two weeks for living expenses. Holy shit, what kind of job does he have? Anyways, last but not least, attempting to influence a public servant again. Kelly told Jeff to take the kid's off of his health insurance because she could get it cheaper through Children's Hospital Colorado. Jeff's bank statements corroborated all of this. She's currently being housed at the Douglas County Detention Facility and has been denied bond because she's the fucking worst. Her first court appearance is scheduled for November 1st. And while we wait for details on her next court date, let's discuss some of the fucked up things that came out of Kelly's mouth along the way. While she was on her crusade for attention, whether it was fundraising for unnecessary medical bills for treatment her children didn't need and bills that were covered by Medicaid, many of Olivia's bucket list fulfillments were televised, which means we have some epic psychotic quotes from the woman we now know is a sadistic shit. And I quote, the outpouring of support that our little community has given, you just can never repay that. You just take it one day at a time and we're thankful for what we have. 
She continues with, when she's awake, she strives to do whatever she can. She just goes through the pain and stays happy regardless. She said that knowing that the pain her daughter was fighting through was either fictitious or caused by all of the unnecessary treatment she was getting for illnesses Kelly had convinced the doctors that she had. It's a feeling that you can't buy. We know her time is limited and we don't know how much longer she has, but it's incredible when we're able to go out and fulfill her bucket list. I hope that she holds out and is able to check off every single thing on that bucket list. What the actual fuck? Knowing what we do now, hearing her mother say, we know her time is limited, sounds premeditated as fuck. And we hope she holds out. Bitch, you're the one who convinced a doctor and the board of ethics to remove all of Olivia's care, which led to her withering away from malnutrition and dehydration until her body ultimately just turned off. You caused the problem that ultimately led to her death, which you chose. And you're here saying, we hope she holds out. Fuck you, lady. November 1st, 2019 comes, and so does Kelly's first court appearance. Nine News reports that a former friend of Kelly's attended the hearing wearing a shirt that said, Peace for Olivia, and says that she hopes Kelly will just admit to what she did. Kelly did not plead guilty or not guilty at her hearing and is still being held without bond because she fucking sucks. There are more than 20,000 pages of medical records that her defense attorney, who is a delightful public offender, has to go through in order to prepare for this case. Kelly's next hearing is scheduled for January 21st and 22nd of 2020, and you will certainly be updated on what happens then. Little Olivia Gant was a perfectly healthy little girl who would have lived a perfectly normal life if it wasn't for the mother who compulsively lied to physician after physician about the symptoms her daughter was having until someone would perform a surgery or prescribe a medication that she could blog about for attention. Had she been born to any other mother, this story would likely be completely different. And had it not been for her egregious need to continue her crusade for attention by moving on from Olivia to Olivia's older sister, she may have been Kelly's next victim. It's almost as if Olivia had to die in order to save the life of her sister, who was undoubtedly Kelly's next victim. If you ever suspect someone of medical abuse of a child, call the National Child Abuse Hotline at 1-800-422-4453. It's better to report something and it be nothing than to report nothing and it be something. Head over to my Instagram at TheHeatherAshley and check out Olivia's highlight at the top of my profile for any and all photos related to this case. And be sure to tune in to Crime Talk Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, where you go live with me on Instagram and we discuss the bullshittery that is this case. If you like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just a dollar a month, all of your episodes are ad-free. And if four episodes a month just isn't enough, for $5 a month, you can get an extra bonus episode each month that's only available to Patreon subscribers. I'll be bringing you a brand new case next week and I cannot wait, but until then, we out.